0: Welcome to Fruitbox, FruitNet's new series of fresh fruit and vegetable conversations with me, Chris White. I'm going to be talking down the line from my small studio here in London with people from across the world of the fresh produce business about some of the big issues that they're facing in their businesses today. My hope is that these conversations with me, which will last each of them probably no longer than 15 minutes, can give you some really good insights into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Of course, these conversations with me complement the in-time reports and in-depth analysis that we give you already at FruitNet. You can find all this great content from our team of expert editors in two places. On the internet, of course at fruitnet.com, and in print in our magazines like Eurofruit, Asia Fruit, Fresh Produce Journal, Produce Plus, as well of course as our German language weekly Fruchthandel. Now, it's no surprise that the biggest issue in the world today is COVID-19. We talked about it in our first episode, and I guess it's going to be the subject of many more episodes in future, too. You can find all of these conversations online at fruitnet.com. We're posting the link on our social media channels, too, so look for it at LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and so on. It's almost 100 days since we first heard of the outbreak of something called the coronavirus at a place called Wuhan. Most of us had no clue where Wuhan was, and we soon found out that this city of 11 million people is right in the middle of China, about as far from the capital city Beijing in the north as it is from Guangzhou and Hong Kong in the south. It's also about 1,000 kilometres to the west of Shanghai, from where my guest joins me down the line on Fruitbox today. David Smith is from apple, pear and cherry growing country in Washington State in the far west of the United States. But David's lived and worked in Shanghai for almost 15 years now, working for the last decade and some pretty big jobs in procurement and sales for some of the largest fruit companies in the US and Chile, most recently in project development in China for the huge berry business, Hortifruit. David set up his own business consultant in Shanghai only last year, and is now helping businesses manage their way through the complexities of the China market. David joins me down the line from his home in the French concession in the old part of Shanghai.
1: David,
0: (laughs) Good morning. Good afternoon. (laughs) It's great to have you on our show, and I wanted to talk to you, David, because there's much that I think you can teach us uh, in the rest of the world, and I say that because Uh, We're all managing the complexities of the coronavirus crisis. You're three months into it. In fact, based on the latest news, it sounds that you're on your way out of this crisis. There are no new cases being recorded in China at the moment, and there are many, many thousands of new cases in the rest of the world. So, David, tell me a little bit to start about your life today. You and your wife still in isolation? Can can you go out? Have you got your life back?
1: Um, I'd say that. But at least in Shanghai where i'm based uh life is approaching normality we're still quite a ways away from normality but um here we we were never fully locked down or shut out or shut down i should say um we from throughout the entirety of this experience were able to leave our apartments and go shopping and uh, at the grocery stores and, and get the necessities but wasn't a good reason for us to leave, other than to get the essentials.
0: You're going out uh, reasonably regularly now, is that right?
1: So yeah, now I mean I'm I'm getting out every day, uh, and I'm I'm going to meetings and other people's uh, offices, uh, and and really things are, are are getting much closer to the way they were uh, before this all came upon us.
0: Are you finding that you're kind of maintaining a social distancing or is it uh, is it back to way things things were Are you handing over the business cards or and uh, exchanging the WeChat uh, profiles and stuff or is 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 life kind of different in that way?
1: Um, there's still a fair bit of social distancing going on. I think there's still a, uh, an underlying amount of fear throughout throughout all of China uh, about uh, that this virus could still be lurking. Um, you did mention that it's been several days with no new cases in China and Shanghai uh, has been without new cases uh, for even longer than the rest of China. I I can't remember the last time I heard about a new case here, Uh, but there is an under underlying fear of the people coming back to China because we are, we are seeing imported cases now in the past two weeks over 200, or possibly up to 300 cases that are coming from overseas. People returning from Italy, people returning from the United States, and uh, and that has caused quite a bit of concern among the locals here.
0: Do you think that's going to have an impact? Presumably, it will do on people traveling to China to come and visit their, you know, key customers.
1: For the for the, for the foreseeable future, this is going to definitely have an impact on travel into China. Um, You know, most countries are simply shut down. Uh, When you look at the United States, you look at most of Europe, you look at Latin America. I was just shocked today to people in both Peru and in Chile, who, you know, Chile, this is when they're finished. They they, have just finished their really difficult season. And I know they would love to come talk to their customers and try and figure out how to work through closing the season out with such financial difficulties. But they're simply not able to. They've got travel restrictions. They just can't get flights. Um, And Peru, is they also just finished their blueberry season. They're they're finishing or finished their grape season. And avocados are about to start. So they're in the same situation where there are people who would love to come to China and and meet with their customers and conduct business in a traditional way, and they simply can't. Mm. So that that definitely is going to create a, a challenge at the beginning and end of these seasons we're seeing.
0: And of course, I, I guess one of the flip sides of that is that you're going to find um, those relationships that have been built up, some of them over many years, become even more important. And, and this, one one of the biggest growth curves we've seen in the China market in recent years is by new entrants, you know, people who think, hey, I can, I can do that too. Uh, and I'm going to start importing from Peru or Chile or the United States or Europe or wherever. They're going to find life rather more difficult now, aren't they?
1: For sure. For sure. Uh you know this this industry worldwide is built so much on the strength of relationships uh and oftentimes personal relationships that sales people and business development people and executives in, in, in the export companies build with their contacts here in china and uh you know, in times of difficulty, who are you going to turn to and trust the most is the people you have the, the greatest connection with. And some of these new players that may be very interesting and very competitive companies simply haven't had the chance to build those relationships in the way that the, the more stable players, the long term players are. So absolutely.
0: Uh, and do, do you think this will in some way slow the growth of the China market?
1: Well, there's no question that this is going to have an impact on, on growth of, of just about everything. I mean, if we look at the economic numbers. It was so far nearly two months in or, or six weeks into full or partial lockdown, and we're still not even close to full economic activity. And, you know, considering that the economic activity is the driver of consumption, there's no question this is going to have a, a, a medium and short-term impact. Long-term uh, remains to be seen. Uh, it's it's tough to see how some of the way that society interacts is going to change, if, if some of these uh, interactions will change in the future. But uh, in the short and medium term, it's going to have a dramatic impact for sure.
0: Now, now during the crisis, um, and, and this is certainly true in Europe today, is that people are rediscovering uh, the joys of cooking at home. Um, you know, so much of the growth in Europe in recent years has been driven by the out-of-home sector. And I know that in certainly in, in the big cities in, in, in China, Shanghai is chief among them, um, many, many people uh, eat out very regularly and eat out very cheaply. Um, have you seen a change in behaviour there mm-hmm. uh, that uh, more people are then buying from retail um, to eat at home?
1: I, I can't say that I personally saw that myself. I, I have had conversations with people and it did, did feel like more and more people were were cooking at home. I One of the things that did come up during the time we were all stuck at home, basically the month of February, um, more and more people were doing some online cooking uh, uh, demonstrations and online cooking classes and, and, and things like that. Um, and But I'm not sure if the audience of those were, new to cooking at home or people who already were used to cooking at home, learning new things. Hmm. Uh, When it comes to changes in behavior, I think one of the things I observed when it, uh, for for food consumption is just how important uh, what they call in Chinese, why my became, which is delivery services, food delivery services. And you had, uh, uh, Every single day in front of everybody's apartment, you would see dozens and dozens of food delivery uh, bags and boxes waiting there for people to come down and pick them up. Um, You know, of course, during the lockdown, uh, during that month, the apartment complexes were not allowing those delivery people to enter and deliver the food directly to your door. So they had tables and tents set up at the entryway of every single apartment complex where the delivery people would drop the food off and call you and say it's down, ready to pick up, and then the individual would go down and pick up the food from the front gate. So you could really see just the quantity of deliveries that were being made constantly throughout the day. Um, so I think more than, more than uh, observing people cooking more at home, I saw more and more people relying on these delivery services than they, more than they had before.
0: There was a very interesting article in the Financial Times the other day, which was saying very much the same thing about the market in Southern Europe, where e commerce uh, has been, you know, had a much lower penetration. In fact, the penetration rates are growing as more households in Italy, Spain, France are now buying online. Do you think that the crisis in uh, China has had a similar effect to the extent that it's consolidated uh, the position? of the online e-commerce merchants and that retail, you know, bricks and mortar retailers will, will find life even more difficult in future?
1: In the tier one and tier two cities, quite possibly, yes. Um, I, I definitely feel that, that people learned more about the convenience of shopping online and that the, the, the players in the e-commerce business uh, got better at their jobs and found creative ways to, to get their deliveries out. Um, but at the same time, I do feel that there is always this this uh, I don't know if you call it an addiction, but there is a there's a strong culture of buying your food every single day and going to the little markets. And uh, and those are still lively uh, now, for sure.
0: Um, David, tell me a little bit about the situation as far as you read it in terms of uh, supply uh, to the market. I know that uh, sure. when, when the crisis hit, it was right in the middle of the cherry season from Chile, which, you know, as we all know, is one of the huge sales period uh, anywhere in the world where the Chileans sell many thousands of containers of cherries. And then there was a, you know, quite, quite a <clears> large number of uh, containers of cherries that weren't sold. Um, has there been an, an, an impact in the Chinese market of, of that uh, overhang of, of fruit? And have other products been affected? Do you see?
1: Um, as far as the the impact of, of that, um, the cherries were definitely greatly affected, and uh, the the side effects are, are sure difficult to, to calculate. But what I can tell you about the the cherries and blueberries situation there is is things got backed up. I mean, containers got backed up in the in the ports and in the markets, and things just weren't moving. And so prices were dropping So uh, to, to try and move the fruit, and still price the, the, the fruit wasn't moving. And because of the poor movement, condition of the fruit worsened, and that dropped the price even further and also slowed the movement even further. So it was kind of a perfect storm that you had a lot of fruit in the market that wasn't moving, and any fruit that was coming in behind it, there was no space to plug the container in. Uh, so it became a real logistics challenge and sales challenge there. Um, in the month of February, mid to late February, when I was talking to some of the, the, the big players that, that were involved in fruits that I'm not directly connected to, it did sound like there were certain markets that were doing well. Uh, nectarines from Chile, I believe were doing well, or stone fruit in general was doing okay. Um, the banana business seems to, to be moving okay um and i've also heard that the citrus business was was doing quite well uh probably in a large part due to the 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 well-known fact that it contains high concentrations of vitamin c and with all the illness out there people were wanting to boost their immune system immune systems
0: mm. now the, the 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 story for all of us around the world has been the growth of china in the last number of years and it's become a, a as we've discussed a you know a key Market for so many suppliers over the world. Do you see that China will kind of re-establish its position as a market of interest very quickly, or do you think this slower economic uh, growth that you talked about earlier is going to dampen expectations in China uh, for suppliers around the world, and they'll they'll start to look at other you know big consumer markets, whether it's Indonesia or, or, or India or Brazil or other other parts of the world where they could supply? What what do you think?
1: Well, I, I do think that there will be a renewed effort on behalf of, of you know, certain uh, production regions that don't have market access to Indonesia or easy market access to certain uh, key markets. Um, but you know, that being said, the, the elephant in the region is still China. This, if you look at the, the sheer numbers, the sheer population numbers, uh, and, and the sheer purchasing power of that growing middle class Will they take a hit? Absolutely. But but even a reduced uh, purchasing power of that middle class is still a very large market opportunity there. So I I think that while, yeah, we will see a slowdown in growth, um, I think that that the exporters and suppliers and importers and, and everybody involved in the industry will still be confident that this is where the growth will be uh in asia uh, but you know talk talking to other exporters yeah they're definitely understanding that they need to reduce their risk they need to to start to uh spread out their shipments as much as they can and so they're going to be exploring other opportunities But but china will still remain the focus
0: that's a very positive note on which to end our conversation today david thank you very much indeed it's really great to talk to you That was David Smith down the line from Shanghai. You can find today's conversation and many others I'll be having over the next weeks and months online now at fruitnet.com. Look out for the Fruitbox logo and look for the link in our social media profiles like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and, of course, LinkedIn. You're very welcome to link with me. My handle is Chris Fruitnet. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White of Fruitnet. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. I'm